Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. If you are a builder, remodeler, or contractor, this is your go-to resource for business growth strategies, as well as marketing and sales tactics. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders, construction professionals in the trenches, and from our team of digital marketing experts here at Builder Funnel. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 46 with Dwayne Pierce. And Dwayne is coming to us from the future. Um, not really, but he's in Australia. So we had to work the time zones a little bit. Uh, he's he's uh, the next day. Uh, but this one is a fun one because we talk about how you can get paid upfront uh, for quoting and planning out a project. And I think this is a really important topic right now. Uh, I still think there's a lot of room to grow in the industry. I think more and more people need to make this shift, um, but trying to put up a barrier earlier in your sales process. And I only say a barrier just to weed out some people that are probably not a good fit for you. And you can save a lot of time and then start charging for uh, planning out your projects, scoping it out. And so we kind of dive into the weeds on that topic. Um, Dwayne also has been kind of teaching builders for a little while now, and he has a couple of stories in this episode that uh, are kind of mind-blowing and super cool. So I think uh, you'll really enjoy those. And again, uh, sit back and relax. This is episode 46 with Dwayne Pierce. Dwayne, yeah, glad to have you on the show today. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited to have this conversation, um, kind of hear the story. But yeah, thanks for joining me. No worries. Thanks, mate. It's, uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, I know. We just connected maybe just a couple of weeks ago, but um, yeah, it was fun to hear hear your journey and, and the story and everything and excited to share that with everybody. But I always like to kind of kick things off with just, you know, how'd you get into the construction space, you know, this world that we're all living in? <laughs> uh, mate, look, it's just something I've always been really interested in. My, my uh, father was a painter in the industry and um, had quite a large business and like I remember as a kid growing up like every every chance I got uh, days off school or weekends or whatever like I was always on the on the building site sort of checking things out and um, yeah just I've always had a love for I guess working with timber and working outdoors and uh, yeah just grew from there. That's cool Um, and then uh, I guess maybe transition that into kind of, you know, your business and how things, how things got going, um, you know, after that early interest, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. So I, I couldn't, um, originally I couldn't get a, over here, we have what's called an apprenticeship to, to get into your trade. And, um, I couldn't get one of them straight out of school. So, um, I left school at 15 and I ended up working in a timber yard. So, um, we were making prefabricated frames and, and roof uh, structures and that sort of thing. Uh, I worked there for nearly two years until I got the opportunity um, to get an apprenticeship. So um, I left that job and went and started working for a builder. Um, Did that, worked for two builders, finished my apprenticeship, um, and then sort of didn't really know where I wanted to go with it. So I ended up back working for my old man painting uh, for about 18 months. And then he, um, he was doing some work for a, for a large property developer in Brisbane. Um, and yeah, he, he sort of, re- he knew that I was, had done my apprenticeship as a carpenter and, and um, he ended up offering me some work and it just sort of snowballed from there. And um, 
we, uh, I, I ended up putting a couple of employees on and, and started working for this developer and sort of within two years, we sort of outgrew him. Um, he couldn't keep up the work. Like I was pretty ambitious. So I wanted to, to get ahead in life. So I, um, I started chasing more work. Um, and uh, before you knew it, like I was, I was in my mid-20s, mid like I was only 23, sort of 25. Uh, we had, uh, at times, we had sort of 30 carpenters working for me. Uh, and we did that right up to my late 20s um, until such time I, I got my, my own builder's license so I could do my own work. That's awesome. Yeah, that, um, that's pretty good growth there. And, and I think, um, you know, I think it's interesting whenever you have those growth stories, it's, it's not always perfectly easy, you know, and I know you went through some tough times that kind of followed, um, you know, what, I guess, what happened next? Um, so we, once I had enough experience and, uh, I, I then had to over here in Australia, you have to go and do a, uh, um, a two-year course to become a builder. Um, so once I had enough experience, I, I went and did that course. I completed that, um, I think, when I was 28, 29. And then I was quite lucky because I'd been doing contract work for, for a lot of developers. Um, when they found out that I had my own builder's license, I started getting um, asked to do lots of work. So um, it was quite good. I didn't have to do any marketing. I just I started a building company or construction company. And just straight away for the first five years had enormous amounts of work. Um, but yeah, we got into a little bit of trouble. Um, like I'm sure your your um, listeners would would be aware. Like you you get into the trade because you love building things and working outdoors. You don't necessarily get into it thinking that you're going to be running a business. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's really hard to get into that mindset. And so we for the first sort of four or five years um, running a construction company was fantastic. We, we had huge turnover um, and I, I, I thought things were going really, really well, but like we were just constantly chasing our tail. We never had any money in the bank. Um, we're having, we were having to pick and choose what bills we paid um, and we just we didn't understand how to run a business, didn't understand contracts and uh, it all fell in a hole pretty quickly. Yeah, so what do you think were some of your biggest lessons learned from that that period of time there? Uh, mate, there was a lot. Like we, it's hard to pinpoint uh, one or, or even a few, but um, we, like I was quoting the jobs very accurately um, in regards to the building materials and the labour and things, but I had no understanding of, of the running cost of my business. So... Mm. Um, like even over here in Australia, like when you get your building license, there's very little education on the actual business side of it. So, um, like it's not uncommon for a small building business to sort of have 10 to 15 percent of its turnover chewed up by by running costs. And in the early days, like, we, like I said, we were, we were pricing the, the materials, the labour perfectly, and then putting a percentage on top of it, and thinking we we're making or hoping that we we're going to make that money. Uh, and not realizing that more than that percentage was actually getting chewed up by the day-to-day running of the business. So, yeah, within yeah four to six years, we dug ourselves a big hole. Um, everything like we'd we'd been extremely profitable um, back when I was a, just a carpenter, and uh, 
yeah, all of our success just all dwindled away when we become a builder because we just weren't running running it as a business. Man, yeah, I'm sure that was that was really tough. And I know I think it was around that time you said you kind of um, you had to make some changes, but um, you started doing some seminars for for other builders. Is that is that right? And kind of maybe talk a little bit about that because I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, so we well we actually went through a few ups and downs. Um, and like well three three really like it was we sort of we got into a bit of a hole we worked our way out of it we well we then sort of had some bad clients um that we didn't manage very well like looking back now like at the time i was like most contractors and builders i was i was blaming the clients um and then it was just like i realized like it, it actually wasn't um wasn't the clients it was me so after our sort of third time um, where we really got into trouble, we had bad clients, we didn't get paid for some work, uh, we had really bad cash flow, um, had a few outside things going on as well, um, and it got to a point where we were nearly broke. Uh, so that was back in 2013, and then um, it was at a point where like, we went on Christmas break um, between 2013 and 2014, and I just didn't want to do it anymore. I was, I was actually looking for another job. Uh, I wanted to go and work for someone else. So I, was, I was just over it. And anyway, it, while this was all happening, like we, we still had some really good jobs in the pipeline. Uh, we come back from Christmas break in 2014 uh, with it, and we had some good emails. Like some of the jobs we'd been working hard to try and get it had come through. So we um, we made a call that like we had a good team. So like I'm not a quitter. I, I didn't want to let the team down. So we actually... Um, we had a few team meetings and we're like, well, like no one in our business knew except for me and my wife where we were at. And uh, we actually sat down, we had a meeting, we explained to the team what, what was happening, where the position we're in. And uh, we're like, look, we're not going to quit. These are all good guys, um, but we don't want to be in this situation again. And it was, it was quite good because they, they all knew that there was something going on. Like they were all trying hard as well to, to make the business work. And they all stood, uh, stood by us. So we all, as a team, um, decided to, none of us wanted to be in that position again. Uh, they all wanted the business to succeed because we'd looked after them. So we made the call to start seeing some business coaches and we sort of shopped around over a 12-month period. Uh, we tried three different guys and we realised very quickly that a lot of business coaches are just, regurgitating like their clients information like <laughs> um a lot of them even though they say they're they're um they specialize in our industry they they'd never been a builder they never worked in the industry they didn't physically understand mentally what we had to deal with uh how we had to deal with clients like there was it was basically just a, a typical business coach like they they didn't understand our industry so we, um, <clears throat> I decided to put a course together. Like I thought the, the solution was to uh, train the public, like our clients, like sort of give them an insight into a, a construction business and, and what goes on and how it works. And <clears throat> so we, we did those. We, um, we did those uh, seminars for free and it actually turned into a really good marketing tool. So... Uh, we called them build your knowledge before you build your dream. And we didn't expect it to grow like it did, but 
it turned out like every time we had one of these free seminars where we educated the public, we we're actually getting sort of two or three jobs. So we, we might get anywhere from sort of, I think the smallest one we had was 12 and up to like 20, 23 people. So like it was pretty good turnaround. Like you have a free seminar, you invite 20 people along, you get three jobs. Um, <clears throat> but while doing that, with everything I've always done, I've always tried to improve and make it better. And um, by taking uh, feedback on board from the people that were coming to these seminars, I sort of had this light bulb moment where I was like, hang on a minute, it's it's not actually the clients I need to be helping, it's it's actually the builders. And that's the point where I realised like all the issues I'd had for the previous 10 years were all... Um, I couldn't really blame the client. Like the client had contributed to some of the issues, but it was really, I wasn't running my business properly. I didn't understand my contracts. Um, so we then, we stopped doing those seminars and we, and we started doing seminars for builders. Yeah, I think, um, sorry, I was just thinking about that model, you know, with the, the seminars. And I think it's kind of an underutilized model today even uh, i know several people do that here in the states and and with pretty good success and uh and it all goes back to kind of this new way of marketing which you know we talk about a lot here at builder funnel which is it's inbound marketing but it's this process of like hey if you teach people about what you do you're gonna draw people in because they're interested yeah. to know about it and you know it's the same thing with you know live seminars and in-person events but um yeah, I, I want to kind of talk a little bit more about that because I think you said your first seminar towards the, the actual the builders was called Rules of the Game. And so what was kind of the premise of that that seminar? And then um, I'd love for you to share the, some of the feedback that you got from people kind of coming up to you later and, uh, and talking about, you know, the impact that that seminar had. Yeah, so we... Um we teamed up with a with a um, a guy that specialized. He called himself a build, builder's coach. So um, we had the content. He had the audience. So um, I put together a seminar which I called Rules of the Game, and it was purely focused at at builders and contractors. And the reason I called it Rules of the Game was, um, I guess you have have gridiron over there. We have football, so <laughs> it was like you have if you send two teams onto a field to play a sporting game. And, and one team knows nothing about the process or, or the rules, it's going to end in disaster. Like everyone in the stand <laughs> is going to be booing and uh, it'll be, be a nightmare. So I, we had a lot of success with that. So um, we did them, we did a few of them sort of up the east coast of Australia and the reason it sort of kept growing, the very first one we did in Brisbane, um, like I'd never done it before. I'd, I'd never stood... Like we had 42, I think, or 44 builders in the room. Um, and I'd never stood in front of a group that size and talked. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm quite a shy person. I, I don't um, make a habit out of getting in front of people and, <laughs> and that sort of thing. And I, I was extremely nervous. Anyway, I, I thought the day had gone really bad. Like my, my wife was there. My, uh, one of my office girls was there. And every time we had a break, I kept asking, like, what, what's going on here? Like, it doesn't seem like people are engaging. Um, and I, I thought I was, I thought it was failing. I, I didn't think these guys were getting anything out of it. 
anyway, at the end of the day, we were supposed to, we hired a room. We were supposed to be out of the room at four o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, I think we ended up getting kicked out of there about quarter to seven or something. So after it finished, uh, 80% of the people in the room all hung around. And it wasn't that they didn't get any benefit out of the day. It was that they were embarrassed to put their hand up or ask questions. Um, and then at the end of the day, as a group, like, I just got bombarded. Like, everyone was like, man, like, this is fantastic. Like, but um, the two things that really won me over and, and made us quite emotional, there was one guy there in particular, he was in his sort of early 50s, and he came up to me and he gave me a hug and he had tears in his eyes and he's like, man, if I had come to something like this like 30, 40 years ago, I'd probably still have my wife, I'd have a family, and I probably would have made something in my life. He's, he's like, I've only got a few years left to, to turn my life around. He goes, I've struggled my entire career. Um, and he said, everything you spoke about today just really hit home with me. And he goes, I'll try and implement that for a few years now and see if I can make a go of it before I retire. Um, but the really big one was the following week, um, like I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, it was a Wednesday night. And um, I've, I've made a habit out of not answering my phone. Like I, I finish work. Um, I, I don't – I ignore my phone. It's, um, so <clears throat> I had this private number, it, it kept ringing and ringing. And uh, anyway, after a little while, my wife's like, you better answer that. It, it could be an emergency or something. And I answered it and this – I couldn't understand. There was a guy on the phone just – just sobbing, like crying, and, and I couldn't even understand what he was trying to say. And I'm like, mate, what, who is this? Like, what's going on? Calm down. And he's like, Dwayne, I just wanted to thank you. He said, I, I come to your seminar last week, and he goes, you've saved my life. He said, I was, I've lost my wife. I've lost my family. Um, I was ready to neck myself. Um, and he said, I, I didn't realise that every builder was dealing with the same problems. He goes, I thought it was just me. Um, and, man, that just really hit home for us. Like, we're like, wow. if we can make that sort of difference, then we need to um, need to do something about it. So that was about four years ago now and we've sort of – we've really grown and we've, we've sort of focused a lot on helping other builders now. Yeah, man, that's incredible. And, um, yeah, when you, when you get a call like that, I imagine it's hard, hard to stop doing what you're doing because, <clears throat> you know, it's – yeah, I mean, literally, you know, saved a life and, and could be others, you know. Um, so that's, yeah, I can imagine that you'll never forget that that phone call. Oh, I mean, it, it really took us back. And, like, it's – so we, we sort of got to a point where, um, like, it's become – even though it's a little bit of a business opportunity to help other builders, like, we, we, we don't want to be, reinvent the wheel, like, We've been through the hard times. We've learned a lot of lessons. Um, so it, it, it's we've learned from our experiences, and we want to help other builders. That we don't we don't want other guys to have to go through what we went through. Um, so it's sort of besides a business opportunity, it's almost become like a purpose now. Like um, like besides that, I'm I'm just so passionate about the industry. Like I I love quality work. I love people doing a quality job and. Um, like if, if it's, it's quite a shame, like so many tradesmen get into the industry because they, they actually, they really, really love what they do, 
but then they don't understand the business side of it and it, it makes them lose their passion for what they loved doing and, and why they started doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think that happens with a lot of professions. You kind of start as an individual craftsman and then you you do good work, so you get hired for more work and then you need to hire people and then yeah. suddenly you're in business and you, you know, you're a manager and you need to figure out your yeah. finances. And so, yeah, I know, uh, I know one of the big kind of problem areas is around, you know, quoting and, you know, accuracy there and, you know, do you charge for that process? And um, I know that's an area of interest of yours, but I guess, you know, why, why is this such a big problem, you know, within the industry right now? Uh, look, so that that's the main area we focus on now. So um, we've actually, our construction business is only a third of what it used to be. Um, and we actually, um, after we did those seminars, we realized that so many people were struggling and they started emailing us for our information and our spreadsheets and, and how we were costing jobs. So. Um, we actually teamed up with some guys, um, a pivo, which uh, some of them live in the Amer- in the states. Um, some guys are in Sweden, but we spent two years, or nearly three years, um, developing software um, which is called QuoteSpec, um, which we're actually hoping to bring over to the states next February. But we saw through all the bad experiences we had in our our business we realize that so much, so many issues can be resolved purely back at the beginning um, when you're providing your proposal. So uh, we build a platform that allows builders and contractors to provide their clients a, a really professional quality proposal, um, but it also helps them do their takeoff and, and their scopes of work so that their clients know what they're getting, their contractors know what they're doing, um, and we've sort of we've we've set it up in a way which, especially here in Australia, like it actually resolves a lot of issues that become contractual issues um, during a job. So, one two things that we really push, and we're trying to educate the the industry, is all builders should be paid for their time. So in the in the very preliminary stages of a job, there's no reason that a that a builder, but I think. I'm not sure um, your builders over there, you, you call them builders or contractors? Like who, who's the head? Yeah, it really, it, it depends. A lot of names are thrown out, but you've got, you know, yeah, a builder or a general contractor. Um, yeah, I mean, there's custom builders, yeah. community builders. So, yeah, it, a wide range of names. <laughs> yeah, well, so, so whoever it may be, but the, the, basically the head contractor on job the guy that's putting in the, the most effort and collating all the information and pricing and everything, he should be paid for his time just like every other profession. So um, like at the end of the day, the head contractor puts in just as much or more work than the engineer, the designer, the architect, um, because he, like they're collating all this information and, and pulling it all together. And then generally they're the one that's taking the responsibility. Like they're the one that's, going back to the client and putting their business on the line every time they sign a contract. Totally. Um, so, yeah, like I, I believe the, the head contractor or the builder should be paid a fee in the preliminary stages to, to be involved as another consultant. Yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of guys are making that shift, 
but it's a still a lot is still a small percentage, right? There's still so many people doing the free quote, free consultation. What's your, what's your take on that? I mean, I, I know you think we should get paid, but I mean, is that hurting them or is it just, are there's just two different ways you can take or, or is there really a huge benefit to, to charging? Hey guys, just a quick announcement before we get to the rest of today's episode. We've been getting a ton of feedback on our done for you social media program. Now, if social media has been a frustration of yours or you feel like you're not posting enough, this is the perfect solution for you. And as a listener of the podcast, we've got a special promotion going on right now. So just head over to remodelersocialmedia.com and use the code radio at the checkout. So if you want to get more engagement and more people finding you on platforms like Facebook and Instagram, hit pause really quick and check out remodelersocialmedia.com and use the code radio at checkout. All right, back to the show. Uh, man, there's, there's enormous benefits. We... Um... Look, I think it's one of those things that's it's, it's, it's definitely the tides are turning. Um, I'm not sure about over there, but like over here for the past, whatever, 100 years, everyone's driven around or had their buildings with all these big free quote signs or free proposals. And definitely we've, we've created, the, the industry's created our own problem. Um, but I definitely believe, like we're having a lot of success with it, so... And, and it's endless. So there's so many areas. Like one is we've increased our bottom line. So most guys just spend, oh, I would say it's something like 70 or 80% of their time in their business on those preliminary stages. Because really once the jobs get going, it, it, it gets handed over to a supervisor or, or the contractors. So um, all that time that you would normally spend doing that is time that you never used to get paid for. So we've gone in our business, in our construction business, we were like every builder, like um, I think Sean Van Dyke describes it the best as a, the craftsman cycle. Like you get stuck and, and we were the same. Like you get stuck, you think that every single job that comes across your desk, you have to be pricing. So, and you get stuck in this mentality that if you're not pricing all the time, then you're not busy. Um, so you spend hours and hours and hours like after hours on weekends away from your family pricing jobs that a lot of the time you take one look at the drawings and you just you know that it's not in budget or, or they, they, like it's not going to work whereas now so we've gone from being stuck in that to now we only quote like in the last 12 months like we're, we're in a small business we um we only do sort of anywhere from sort of five to 12 jobs a year, depending on the value. Like our, our average new home price is sort of around the million dollars and we, we go up to as high as sort of $4 million. So it doesn't like, we don't need a lot of work to keep going. Sure. So we've gone from quoting 30, 40 jobs a year and still only do Like our biggest year we've ever had, we did 13 jobs. So the percentage of like the time you spend quoting um, compared to the jobs you win is is ridiculous. To the last in the last three years, we quote it will probably average say uh, eight to twelve jobs a year, um, but we're still doing our six to ten jobs a year. Like we're so we're, we're winning like ninety percent of the jobs, 
and we're getting paid for our time to um, as another consultant. Yeah, that's awesome. And and how do you go about pricing that time? Is it um, a flat fee, or is it percentage based, or you know, what's your philosophy there? Uh, look, we've. We've tried a few different ways, but the, the one that we're having the most success with is our current model. And it, um, we basically do what we call a preliminary agreement. So we, I believe it all comes back to education. Like you need to educate your client on the benefits of having, like paying you a fee to be involved. And so uh, we charge $3,800 um, to be involved as a consultant in the early stages. Um, some people might think that's a lot or, or not enough. I, I don't believe that covers our time that we spend, but what it does, it, it gets us a commitment from the client. Like if we can educate them enough to see the benefit and get them to pay us a fee, we're 90% towards getting that job. Yeah. They've got some skin in the game, right? You know, they're, yeah. they're saying yes to you at least once. And so, yeah. yeah so more- once you've, um, like it's it's a hard thing. Like I, I definitely believe over here in Australia, there's there's some builders that are charging fees and and are still not providing a good service, which I think is only damaging the industry. Um, I think I believe there's no there's absolutely no reason why a client shouldn't pay us a fee to be involved in the preliminary stages, but you need to provide good information for that. So. Um, like with our quote spec software or our app, we're having a lot of success. So it, it, it's a platform that allows the contractors to lay it out. Like our quotes can be anything up to 30 pages long. Um, it's a really easy platform to use. It provides a quality document. You can attach photos. You can attach diagrams. And so nine times out of ten, I'll go to meet a new client now. We'll um, – we, we'll, we, the first thing we do is we have a questionnaire, but we, uh, some people think it's crazy, but like why, why go and spend time with someone if they won't take 10 minutes to fill out a little bit of a questionnaire and, and get a feel if, if they can help or they can work with your business. For sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what we do. That's cool. So yeah, so you do the questionnaire and then you go meet with them. Do you meet any other times before you basically ask for that 3,800, you know, how much time do you have invested before you, you say, Hey, we, to move on, we need to make this commitment. Uh, look, not these days, not very much. So like we, we don't hide it. So it's, it's, it's in our marketing, it's on our social media. Um, we've actually got designers and architects now that absolutely love our, our service. So uh, nine times out of ten now, when we get a client come to us, they already know what we're going to do. So we, we haven't tried to hide it. Um, it's very open and out there. Um, yeah, I, I, look, I get a phone call or I go and meet someone. They already know that they're going to, if, if they want to move further with us, they're going to have to pay us a fee. Um, the only th- sort of step we need to take from there, generally when I meet with them, like I'll take, like I'll have quotes back our app on my phone or on my iPad and I'll show them a demonstration of, of the type of proposal we're going to give to them. And nine times out of ten, like we've, 
we've got it to a point now where I've actually had people while I'm at the meeting ask me for my bank account details so they can pay me while I'm at the meeting. Gotta like that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, and I like your, uh, your suggestion there of using a sample quote of like, here's what, what we did for another project and like these 30 pages and somebody goes, Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of work that goes into this and kind of, yeah. it's something tangible. Cause I think it's tough to just go, yeah, pay us cause we're experts, you know, and you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, uh, and you've mentioned quote spec a few times. It sounds like I know that's what you use in your business, but you said this is something that you're rolling out to other builders and, and contractors. And yeah, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that. And I guess if there's a couple of things that you really like since you use it, you know, in your day to day where you feel like, yeah, this, this element really gives me an edge. Um, so look, it's, it's growing. It's, it's definitely grown into something that we didn't expect it to. It, it started off as just a platform um, for guys to be able to provide a proposal and now it's growing. So we've, we've had it on the uh, market here in Australia for um, maybe 15 months now um, and it, we're having huge success. So we, we've currently got builders all over Australia. Um, I think we've got over 600 winning quotes on our system at the moment um, and then it's grown into right at the moment and we're, we're hoping it'll um, be out by the end of October this year. We've, been, we've made it a full estimating software. So you'll be able to scan your plans in, do all your color-coded takeoffs. Um, but a few things that we've... We don't believe there's anything else on the market that compares to it. So it's really... We've combined so many things. So you can... You can do all your takeoffs, um, your quantities, your costings on there. Um, you can add, like, we call them comments, but they're scopes of work. So we believe a lot of jobs get into trouble because builders and contractors don't give their clients enough information or, or the correct information. A client doesn't have to see how many sheets of drywall or how many lengths of timber or, like, how many nuts and bolts and all that sort of thing like a client wants to see exactly what it is they're getting so the very first thing we do when we get it um so it allows you to scan your plans in it allows you to set your it comes with a pre-configured list of categories and items and you can allocate trades and suppliers to those items so you scan your plans in you do a scope of works you press send for a quote it'll send that information to whatever supplier or contractor you've allocated to that item. They can send their quote back to you, put them in the system. Um, like I think I spoke to you last time we spoke um, on remodeling or, or renovation type work, it can get very messy as to where guys are stopping and starting. So one thing we're really doing with our, uh, once we have the ability to do all your color-coded plans, each item, you'll be able to um, attach a color-coded plan to each item. So um, like uh, painting, for instance, like on a remodel, if it's a tight budget and the client doesn't want to repaint the entire outside of the house, you, if you can highlight on a plan and mark exactly what you've allowed to do the painting, when it comes time to build the job, there's no question about, oh, I thought you were painting there or why didn't you paint that? It's simple because you just you have something there that clearly shows you. Well, look, here's this highlighted area is what I've allowed. 
if you want to do that area there, it's going to be a variation. That's cool. Yeah, that's a that's a nice feature for sure. Um, so I guess if people are interested in learning a little bit more about you know quote spec or uh, that sort of thing, what's what's a good place to to track that down? Um, if we go to www.quotespec.com, um, or check out Quotespec Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, but we're just going through the process at the moment. Uh, we're updating because you guys call things a little bit differently to what we do over <laughs> here. Um, so we're just in the process of uh, changing all the terminology, uh, setting it up for your tax system, uh, and we're planning on coming to the States next February. Oh, right on. So you'll be at uh, at the Builder Show then? Uh, we're aiming to be, yeah. Just just to the, uh, uh, We're not going to have a stand there or anything. We're just planning on coming over, introducing ourselves to a few guys and, and just sort of getting to know some guys over there. Very cool. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll make sure to put uh, quote spec in the show notes. So if people want to check that out, they can uh, find that and, and uh, yeah, get involved. And yeah, I guess um, I think this whole, you know, getting paid to scope something out, it's super important topic for today. And I think a lot of people are, um, maybe they've heard of it. Maybe they aren't all the way implementing it or they're like trying it, but they're a little bit scared because they feel like they might lose some jobs. Um, I think this has been really helpful, but what's that? You'll definitely lose jobs while you're, <laughs> while you're testing the water. Like that's, we, we had a, I used to go to meetings when, when we sort of started implementing this planning on telling people they're going to have to pay me and like you'd just get caught up in the meeting and you'd walk out and just be like, damn, I didn't ask them to pay me. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then, yeah, we believe me, we had plenty of clients that said, look, I'm not interested in paying you, but, um, and in the early days, it was painful, um, but we we just learned that they're the customers you don't want. Like if, if right. they're not willing to commit to you, um, then you don't want them. Yeah, and to your point earlier, you know that's the only way you're going to bring your close rate up. Well, it's not the only way, but that's a huge way of how you guys have brought your close rate up is the people that have said, no, I don't want to pay for that. They probably weren't going to be a good fit anyway. Yeah. You weren't going to get the job anyway, and so you didn't <laughs> have to spend the time. So yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And and I like you mentioning that you guys kind of pre-qualify by having that in your marketing on your website, like setting the expectation that, hey, we're a professional company. If you want to get involved, you can pretty much expect to pay for a legitimate, you know, scope and quote and everything, which which I love. Um, yeah, well, it's, um, it's funny, like everyone, if you have a, I don't know, you've got some sort of disease, you, you go to a specialist and you like, you have to book in, you have to pay a consultation fee. Like, it, I don't, like, I'm, I'm, I like what Sean Van Dyke's doing, like trying to um, make our, our industry more professional. Uh, like, we, we risk everything we do every single day, every time we sign a contract. Like, there's no reason we shouldn't be treated like professionals like we we run a business we deal with lots of money um yeah people people have got to start treating our industry like professionals yeah absolutely it's just it's to your point you know you go to a doctor or you know whoever i mean you have specialized knowledge and you know you're executing on a very complex project you know there's a lot of moving parts a lot of management and so yeah, I, uh, yeah, totally support that. I mean, um, just because it's quoted, a, you know, more of a blue collar industry, um, you know, it doesn't, 
doesn't mean those other elements aren't there, which is specialized knowledge, you know, complex, yeah. project, you know, all those things, you know? So, um, yeah. And I think, um, you know, if you were to maybe leave our listeners with kind of some, some parting advice, um, in this whole getting paid to quote, to plan, to do that work, you know, what would you say to people, especially those I think that maybe haven't tested the waters yet. And they're a little bit nervous about, you know, how it will go, I guess. <laughs> uh, look, I, I just, I'd really push them to give it a go. Like the, um, if they're at a point in their business where they're, they're struggling, they, they think they might be wasting a lot of time or, or they're, they're not getting enough time to spend with their family or, or whatever, give it a go because the, the time that you save by getting rid of the time wasters um, that are just shopping around for pricing is, is amazing. And then, I guess another really big thing that it does, it makes you feel like you're appreciated. Like you're not just, people aren't just using you um, to put a figure on a piece of paper. Like they're actually wanting to work with you. They're wanting your advice and they're treating you like a professional. So it actually, for me anyway, like it's really made me get my passion back and, and enjoy what I'm doing again because I feel like I'm, I'm wanted, I'm needed, I'm, I'm helping people. Yeah. I love that. And I've, uh, I've experienced that and seen that in other areas too, which is typically if you offer free advice, people are less likely to follow through with it. But if they pay for it, then yeah. you've got some skin in the game. And whether that's from what we're talking about, where you're paying for a quote on a project all the way to, you know, like fitness, you know, if somebody's like, yeah, you should, work out more and, you know, eat less. Somebody's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But if you pay a coach, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, maybe I, I should work out more and eat less. <laughs> I had to pay so that I'd actually do it. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think there's multiple layers there, even just from a psychology perspective too. So, um, yeah, Dwayne, I think that's awesome advice. And, yeah, um, anything else that you, you want to add for our listeners before we wrap up for today? Oh, mate, look, just, um, yeah, can't wait to get over there. I, I hope you guys really um, take quotes back on board. Where, look, if, if any of your listeners um, want to contact us, we're, we're actually looking for um, some builders in the States to help us sort of trial it and make sure we set it up correctly for over there. So some of you guys want to get in contact with us, shoot us a message and we'll, um, we'll make sure we can help them out. Cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And, and like I said, I'll, we'll link that up in the show notes for you guys. And uh, yeah, Dwayne, thanks so much for, for joining me today. This was good. I think it's uh, it's a critical topic as we move forward over the next, you know, five, 10 years uh, in our industry. So yeah, thanks again for joining me. No worries. Thanks for having me, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed episode 46 with Dwayne Pierce. And I know you guys are on the go, so I always like to break that down into a couple of action items. There were a lot of things that we talked about today, but let's boil them down into a couple of steps. Uh, one, I think, is map out your sales process and see maybe where you could insert a couple of things that would help weed out some people that probably aren't a good fit for you. I really liked the questionnaire uh, idea that Dwayne brought up. So having a questionnaire before you go to even your first meeting to make sure you can uncover some information about the project and see if they're even a good fit at a high level. That might save you some time driving to some meetings or even setting up those initial meetings. Uh, and then the second one is go ahead and start charging for 
you know, scoping out a project. And, and if you're a little bit concerned about it, um, maybe set the price a little bit lower than, you know, say Dwayne, I think he was priced at 3,800. If that sounds uh, too high, you know, drop it down a little bit, maybe cut that in half. But I think what you'll find is that that allows you to get into this process um, and you can always raise the bar later. So if you're a little bit worried, take that step, start charging something, and suddenly people will start valuing that quote that you deliver to them because they've paid for it. And we kind of talked about that psychology of that. If somebody exchanges some money with you, now they're a customer, they've paid you, they're also going to value that information that you give them a lot more. So um, those are the two big things that stood out to me today is have a questionnaire that hopefully pre-qualifies some people before the first meeting, and then go ahead and charge something to scope out that project, even if it's a low bar, 500, 1,000 bucks, 1,500, um, something so that, again, we can exchange money, that person becomes a customer, and they value that work. So um, good luck, guys. I hope that works. And we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in to Builder Funnel Radio. I know there are a lot of podcast choices out there, so it really means a lot to me that you choose this as one you either subscribe or listen to regularly. Now, before we part ways for today, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you got some value out of today's episode, please either leave us a review or share this with a friend. We're really working on building a community of construction professionals that want to treat their customers right, they want to run profitable businesses, and create more jobs in our economy. So leaving a review or sharing it with a friend really helps us build that community, and we'd really, really appreciate it. All right, guys, that's all I've got for today. So we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.